Hanukkah to Hanukkah, Freilich and Hanukkah to all. Thank you to each and every one of you for being here. Thank you to Rav Isaacson, to Don Hulla for making this possible. Big round of applause. It's a privilege, it's a schos, whenever I have that opportunity to sit in your presence. But certainly like the last year also. To come the first night of Hanukkah, everything is fresh. And of course it's only growing from here, but you gotta start it off on a high level. There's so much excitement, there's so much pent-up yearning, preparation, achanas. And there's nowhere I'd rather be, and there's no one I would rather share that with, than with each and every one of you. So thank you for being here, and I hope that Siyatar Shmaya, we're going to merit to match those flames on the menorah and to kindle a great fire in our hearts. And in this room, Beis Hashem, it should be bursting, bursting, bursting. And the one thing that I ask is that we should try to maintain absolute, absolute silence if we can, just for a bit. Absolute silence, and that way we can allow for our neshamas to emerge. That way we can tap into something deeper, deeper than sound deeper than words. To the melody. Lost at level. We're going to talk about that in Seattle. So join me. Oh uh -huh. 
Everybody knows that the Chosim of Lublin, the Holy Seer of Lublin, who was physically blind, but he was able to see from one end of the world to the other. One year around Hanukkah, there was a there was a miser, translated as a, a tattletale, a snitch, an informer, a Jew who, for one reason or another, decided that he wanted to go ahead and give Jews over to the authorities as if they didn't as if they didn't have enough problems on their own. Real claims, false claims, a real issue, real, real issue for the community. And so the Hasidim decided that when they had exhausted all means to try to get rid of this individual, they decided that when it came Hanukkah night and the Chazim Lublin was going through Kvitlach, all the Hasidim would come and they would write down their names and what they needed. Not that the Chazim needed to see what they needed, they understood what they needed. He understood just by looking at their names, every person's essence, who they were what they lacked, what they thought they needed, what they actually needed. So they figured they're gonna slip this Moiser's name into the pile and the Chayza will see just who this individual is and one way or the other, or the other is gonna to manage to take care of the issue. So they put the paper into the pile and they're all standing at a distance and they're watching. And the Chayz is going through names, each and every individual, and he's blessing, he's blessing each one. This person should have a salvation completely, and Parnassa, and health, and children, each and every person what they needed. And they're waiting with bated breath to see the Chayz's reaction when he gets to that Kfitah, when he gets to the name of the Moiser, of the informer. He gets to that piece of paper, he closes his eyes and his face is shining. And he starts to shower blessings upon this individual. What a soul, what a soul. And he should merit to a year, to an incredible, wonderful year filled with light and blessing and salvation and everything good. And they can't believe their eyes, they can't believe their ears what's going on here. Something's malfunctioning in the Chayza's internal system. It doesn't make sense. How could this be? So they figured there must be some mistake. So they. They somehow, he left, up, he left you know, the room, he got up for a moment, and they took out that paper, and they put it back on the, on the bottom of the pile. Same thing, goes through all the papers, gets to that paper, same exact thing with the brachas, and his face is lighting up. Happens a third time, same exact thing. And finally, they can't hold themselves back any longer, and they rush to the chayz, and they say, my hi, what's going on here? This person is not a person who deserves blessings, quite the opposite. We thought that you would see this person's wickedness and you would do something to alleviate this incredible, incredible challenge that this person represents for our community. Amr Chayza said, you don't understand. He said, when I was going through the Kvitlach, it was the time of Hadlakas Neris. It was the time of lighting the Hanukkah Neris. He said, when a Jew, when a Jew stands up to light the nares each and every night of Hanukkah, 
He's like the high priest in the Beis HaMikdah. No matter what he did, no matter who he is, no matter what is going on in that person's life, everything stops, everything stops. And the person's essence, the soul, who the person is emerges, comes out strong, strong. And he said, all I could see was light. All I could see was light. And so Trevor, that's the moment that we're sitting in now and we're sharing together. We're going to share together tonight. It's a moment of essence. It's a moment disconnected from anything that you think is going on in your life. It's something else. When you sit here in these moments, it's infinite. It's beyond time. It's beyond limitation. In this moment, we just are. And when a Jew just is, it's heaven. It's heaven, 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 filling a good, filling a body. So I bless us, we should feel that. We should feel that and we should rejoice with that. We should rejoice with the vision that a Kurdish Baruch has of us in this moment, just a room full of candles, a room full of holy fire. Okay, so join me strong. Dark outside. Another song coming. But it's lying in here. Guys gotta join me much stronger. It's dark outside.
Could you be clear to each and every one of us? That if you just happen to be sitting somewhere, or you just happen to be standing somewhere, and you're not sure where you are or why you're here, that's not what Hanukkah is all about. But if there's a hot luck of, there's a hot luck of, there's a fire of, there's a holy age, that's why I said mitzvah. Mitzvah milash and sabsa, Aramaic mitzvah is not a commandment, it means to connect. And of course, that's the deepest, deepest, deepest meaning of what a mitzvah is. Is the connection, and when it comes to Hanukkah, and the whole year round, but specifically now, Hadlaka oisa mitzvah. So you have to make sure that inside there's a fire, inside there's a flame. And a flame is an interesting thing, a flame is yearning personified. A flame doesn't want to be where it is. A flame doesn't want to be. A flame's whole essence is trying to leap and leap and leap off the wicked and much rather not exist at all than be bound to this physical thing that's holding it down. And of course, nearly Kimnishmas, Adam, each and every one of you, and myself. Some days it's harder to see than others. But we have that flame flickering inside of us. The Baltanya tells us that that's the essence of what it is to be a Jew, is a holy flame. Tzadlaka Inside of us, there's something that's yearning, that's bursting. Sometimes we don't even know it's a holy force because it compels us in all sorts of directions. And it makes us look for things that afterwards we realize wasn't what I was looking for. We don't learn our lesson, of course. We do it again and again and again and again. 
That's a holy force. We're trying to transcend ourselves. We're trying to be bigger. We're trying to move beyond. We're trying to connect to an ideal. We're trying to really to break out, to burst out. David Amalek is called an Ish Parzi. He's a man that bursts, breaks past boundaries. Parzi is Milosh and Pritzas. Because it becomes a negative force oftentimes, but it's essentially holy. And so I invite you, at least for tonight, to be a little bit of an Ish Parzi with me. To feel that flame, to feel that yearning. It's okay. Don't be ashamed. Let it emerge. Let's draw it out all together. We see the
wonderful, incredible things about Hanukkah. Something that the Baal Shem HaKadosh and his students revealed about Hanukkah that wasn't known until the Baal Shem Tov came to the world. He brought something down about Hanukkah, something that maybe didn't even ring true before the Baal Shem Tov's time. On the Baal Shem Tov's lips, reality changed. The Gemara tells us that our judgment is decided in Rosh Hashanah. It's written, and it's sealed in Yom Kippur. The Zohar Kaddish and Arizal took it a step further and they said, no, no, it goes until Hoshana Rabbah. Until Hoshana Rabbah, the end of Sukkot, that's the Hasima, that's when things are really sealed and so you really have the whole Hanukkah, Tshuva Me'ava, Nisach HaMayim, Kol Shiva, the whole thing. Simplest Beisah Shoeva, Mayim is Ava, Mayim is love. It pours forth, flows down to the lowest place. Empathy, compassion. We have until Hashanah Rabbah to have compassion on ourselves. But then even the Arizal says, after that, it's finished. Hashem sends a soul of the Hashem to the world. And the Hashem and said, whenever you think it's over, you're only just beginning. And the Hashem said, no, no. Hashanah Rabbah is not the end. No, it goes until Hanukkah. goes until Hanukkah. Hanukkah is a time of tshuva. In a certain way, Hanukkah is like Ni'ilah. It's like the holiest, highest moment. Like we mentioned before, above time, beyond space. Nothing else exists. But the Jewish consciousness and that flame that we call essence. Who we are, what we want. What this life is, what it is to be a human being. What this thing is all about, what we're here for. That's what's shining in Hanukkah. And we have the choice on Hanukkah in a way that maybe the rest of the year we don't. To identify with that. To choose that. And to say that there are many flashlights in the world and there are many flashing bulbs. But there's something about this little flame. There's something about this eternal flame that I want more of in my life. There's something about silence. There's something about stillness that we feel that we need desperately in a world filled with sounds. And on Hanukkah, we get a chance to really do that. Tzadikim would stare at the Hanukkah licht. They would just look at the lights, not doing anything, no tefillahs, nothing, just sitting and staring. And I bless you and me that we should be able to have the time and the patience and the good sense to really spend a lot of time with the nearest. It's not to see light, a chick-chock in and out. No, it's a whole avoida. It's a whole thing to prepare for it, to sit afterwards and just look and allow that illumination to penetrate, to go in, to go deep, to go deep, to go deep. And to join hands and to become one with the flame that we have within. 
Because it's not just a flame on the menorah, that's you and me. That's our reflection. That's what we are. And you strip away all the layers and all the dust gets blown away. That's what's there. It's just yearning. It's just rutsum to be better. That's all we want. So we have to sing a Yom Kippur song, of course. Because tonight's a little bit of Yom Kippur. And I bless you and me with a Gemar Chasimataiva. So I hope that you'll join me with this song. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
said that what the Chayzim Lublin was able to see in space, Rabbi Nachman of Breslau was able to see in time. The Chayzim could see in space. In his time, it could see from one end of the world to the other, everything that was happening all around the world. He said Rabbi Nachman was able to see in time. He was able to see till what we would need, what we need maybe now even more than 
they needed in his time, which might have been the cause of some of the opposition. But it's clear to you and me that he was speaking to us. Rabbi Nachman has one lesson on Hanukkah. The whole Lukut Tamaran has 411 lessons. There's one Torah on Hanukkah. It's very, very lengthy. I'd say 98% has nothing to do with Hanukkah, at least apparently. Because Rabbi Nachman's teachings are kaleidoscopes, kalatarakula, niglin, nister, pshat, remish, drusoid, Torah, nabim, ksuvim, babli, rishalmi, zar, midrashim, everything, everything. Rabbi Nachman was a master architect in his Torahs a binyanim gedolim, gigantic, gigantic, glorious buildings with rooms upon rooms, and each room has three windows, and each window opens up into another room, and that room itself has four doors that goes into different wings, and it just, it goes on and on and on and on, you can just, you can get lost. You can get lost in the best way. But one thing Rabbi Nachman does say about Hanukkah very explicitly, clearly, he says that, Yemei Hanukkah in Yemei Hoda. The days of Hanukkah are days of praise. And praise, says Rabbi Nachman, is linked to Olam Haba. Because the Medrash says, the Sifri says, that all of the Karbanos are going to be null and void in that time of Olam Haba, the phase after the Muslim Mashiach, a perfected world. A world of Bayamahu Yashem Echad, Ushmo Echad, there will be nothing left to do but to express our gratitude, to express our awareness of this that ain't owed Melvado. There's nothing else but Him. And it means that there's nothing else for us to do but to give thanks for everything that goes on in our lives. What do we know? What's good, what's bad? At Blessed, we should only know revealed good. But what do we know? The La'asad love of consciousness, Bayomahu Yashem Echad Ushmo Echad, like the Gemara says, Only La'asad love, we say God is one and his name is one, says the Gemara. Today, we make two different brachas over good things and bad things. We make a baracha tova and make them on good things, and baracha ta'ina emes, nebach rachman al tzlan, we should never have to make that bracha on negative things. But La'asad love, kuli atoiva hamaitiv. La'asad love, that place of Olam Haba, all that exists is just, just giving thanks. No matter what we go through, it's to realize that all there is is a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Everything that God does is for the best doesn't just mean that whatever, whatever God does is for the best. Ma is a question. Every single one of us sitting here has ma's in our life. Not our mothers, that's also. And bless us to, uh, to be grateful for that too. But each and every one of us has that question mark, that ma, why did this happen to me? Where did things go wrong? What is this? What is life? What is what I'm going through and why? And the Gemara is telling us, kol ma, da'avad rachman. Every question mark that you have in your life about yourself, about others, about the world, about circumstances, about things beyond your control, things within your control, what's really in our control, what is control, ma, 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 letavavid. It's all part of the process. It's all part of the process. Rabbi Nachman says in Torah Dalit, an earlier lesson, when a person knows that everything that he goes through is for his good, this takes a great deal of emunah and faith to really live this way. Says Rabbi Nachman, 
living on such a level, you're in Olam Haba all the time, wherever you go, whatever happens to you. There is no Olam Hazeh, and as much as Olam Hazeh is Hester, but the Hester dissolves, the concealment reveals itself. And we're able to realize that HaKadosh Baruch is walking with us every second, Mamish every second. So I want to sing with you a song about things, a song we've done here in the past. And I want to really, really, really try to lose ourselves in this song. Mamish, mamish, ish partsi. Just let go, let loose, let loose, let loose. Sometimes we feel inhibited because we don't feel it's normal. I bless us all to just be not normal. There's no normal anymore. And everyone, mamish, just let loose, let loose. Give thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not just on the good things, but on the things that we perceive to be negative also. Even the things that we perceive to have been in our control, negative choices. In this moment, we say, Shalom, just mamish as we're gonna to sing Todaraba, okay? So I'm gonna teach you a little bit the song first. Many of you know it from last year. It's very simple, fairly simple. The main thing you have to have is two legs, and Bezer Hashem, we can dance the night away. Okay, so let's begin. Misiyat Rishmaya. If a Jew would only know, Ilu Yehudi Ayayodea. How merciful Akadosh Baruch Hu is. How merciful. We have no idea, Kilei Chalu Rachamov. Akadosh Baruch Hu has infinite, infinite mercy. He's holding us. He's, he's walking with us every step of the journey. Ilu Yehudi Ayayodea. And the high part goes, He would be joyous. He would be joyous and dance. He would dance all seven years, which will live with 120 years of Hashem and longer. And then it goes very simply, please join me. Hashem 
you guys, I did not tell you to stack the chairs, so all the chairs have to come back down. <laughs> not yet, not yet. Don't rush a good thing. Don't rush a good thing. While the guys who already had donuts are setting the chairs up, everybody who didn't get should make sure to go. We're gonna start again in another two minutes time. We're just getting started. Uh, no thanks. I have my and my share. Are there going to be more like They're not really traditional donuts. Gotta get jelly donut, come on, jelly, some jelly donuts. Last year you said
way that I see it, Hevra. The way that I see it is that there's one fundamental question. The fundamental question, it's gonna sound interesting first, but I'll explain if you'll allow me. It's three words. House or hotel? That's the fundamental question. So I can stop now and keep you guys guessing and wondering for the rest of your lives. I don't think that would be very nice, certainly not Hanukkah. House or hotel? What do I mean? What's the difference between a house and a hotel? What's the essential difference between a house and a hotel? The hotel is sweet, it's cute, it's nice. Spend a night there, two nights there, a week there if I'm lucky. I keep my luggage there, I hang up some suits, some shirts in the closet. And I put some of my things around the room, but I know very, very deeply inside, maybe too well, that I'm not staying here. This is not where I live. This is where I'm staying for a few nights, but I'm not staying here eternally. And within a very short period of time, I'm going to be packing these bags again and going. Going where? Going home. Going home. It's nothing to sneeze at, you should know. Going home. Going home. What's home? Home is where I live. It's not where I stay. Home is where I live. And when it comes to Yiddishkeit, we have to ask ourselves this question, right? House or hotel? What is Yiddishkeit to me? What is Avodas Hashem to me? What is my tefillin? What is my tzitzis? What is first Seder? What is Shachris, Minchamar? Shemir Sinayim? What is Yiddishkeit to me? House or hotel? Meaning to say, is it some place that I stay for a bit? Is it a societal engagement where this is what's expected of me? And and this is what we do. And these are actions that we take. And this is a lifestyle that we live. But this is not really me. Because the moment that I have a little bit of a break in the action, everything reverts back to what I think is a default setting. And for Seder, Shachas ben Chamarev, Tillin, sometimes Tzitzis, often. It's not, Chas Rishon, not a part of that. Because Yiddishkeit was my hotel. But it wasn't my home. HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Noach, Kinim tases ha-teva. Literally means to make compartments in the ark. The teva is the ark. And Kinim, Moloshim Kain. It's like a nest. Kan Sipar. A bird's nest. Kinim tases ha-teva. Make compartments for the ark. Ah, but the Berdichavarav. The Heliger Berdichavarav. Building on the Baal Shem Tov's Torah. Says that the word teva can mean an ark. 
but it could also mean words. A teva is a word, a word of Torah, a word of tefillah. And the Kaddish Baruch was telling each and every Jew, not just Noah, each and every one of us, the Kaddish Baruch looks us in the eyes and says, my sweetest, most precious child, kinim tases ateva. Make Yiddishkeit your home. Make the words of Torah and tefillah your home. It's not a peripheral element of your lives. It's not something that you do. It's who you are. Now, the Greeks, of course, the whole Greek philosophy centers around externalities. Even if it's an internal process like philosophy, intellectualism, academic thinking, it's still all within the perceptible world. Or those things that our minds can grasp. What we can feel, what we can touch, what we can hear. What we can say, what we can smell. What our minds can understand, but still within the finite constructs of time and space. The Greeks have a problem with Kesher. With essence, essential bond. Essence, they have a problem with. Essence, they deny. Shabbos, Mila, Torah, these are Ksharim. Bris Mila is a Kesher, it's a bris. Between us and the master of the world, Shabbos is Beinu, Bein Bnei Yisrael, Ois Hila Oilam. Torah is a The Torah and God are one, and Yisrael Chadu. That we're a part of that intimacy, that oneness. So the Greeks say, do your thing. Living your hotel Judaism. But never allow it to touch the deepest, deepest core of who you are. Right. For the world to see, proclaim it like a chauffeur blast. That I do everything right, but I have zero relationship with the master of the world. There's nothing essential about it. And of course, the light of Hanukkah combats that in the deepest, deepest way. Everything about Hanukkah is about the house. Everything about Hanukkah is about the house. Hanukkah is Milosh and Hanukkah's ha? Hanukkah's ha bayis. Hanukkah's ha bayis. Hanukkah, we move in and say, this is me. This is not something I do. This is what I am. And it might exist beyond layers and layers. We spoke about the dust. Layers and layers and layers of dust of peripheral things that I did and past circumstances and mistakes and failures. But when I can look beyond all of those curtains and I can pull them aside and I can find that little Hanukkah flame dancing on the menorah of my soul, I'm ready to make a Hanukkah sabayas. I'm ready to say I'm moving into Yiddishkeit. And that's a paradigm shift when that happens to you. When it happened to me, and I hope that it happens to me every day. And I continually daven like David HaMalach did, shifti Hashem kol Allow me to sit in the house of the Lord. Let my Yiddishkeit be a house, not just a place that I stay, but it encompasses every single facet of my being. I become elevated through my Torah study, like the Kutzker says, very nice, he went through Shas, did Shas go through you? that it changes the way that we behave well outside of the base measures, well outside of the base knesses, but it spills on over into the way that I eat, into the way that I sleep and how much I sleep, 
into the way that I speak to people, into our marital relationships, for each of us at the right time. Into the way that we parent. And I bless that upon each and every one of you, that gift of parenthood. Because it's what I am. And that's the way a Yiddishkeit was intended to be. Because the Kodesh Baruch Hu wants to give us everything in the world and there's nothing sweeter. We don't know what we have. If we knew what we had, it's an understatement. As an understatement. We wouldn't know what to do with ourselves. The gift that we've been given. We're born on top of Mount Everest. We think it's no big deal. If we knew what we had, Shifti beveis Hashem kol yemichaya to make a Chanukah sabayis. Like the pasuk says, bechol drachecha deehu. So that no matter where you're going, and no matter what stage in the spiritual path we are on, in our chaburas of the lost princess Chavano, the deserts, the fields, the forests, it's all lechatchila. It's all the human experience. It's no lechatchila. It's all lechatchila. And there's a way of being megalic in every single aspect of our lives. The good days and the bad days and the worst days and the rainy days and the sunny days. There's a way of being megalic when our lives are lived in tandem with his will and what he wants and battle as a vessel. This is what I am. I'm only here for you. I'm only here for you. Chanukah Sabayis. We light the Hanukkah Neres Ad Shetich Regal Minashuk. Because so many of us, so much of the time, when we're doing the right things, but we're doing a Kilo, we're on the street somewhere. And really, really, we're itching to go home. Whatever that means, checking our phones, you know, watching the game, whatever that is. But that's really me, and now I'm sort of held back and I have to do this for whatever reason, real or imagined. But it's not really where I want to be. So Hanukkah comes and says, no, no. Come home. Come home. Come home. Realize what you want. Realize who you are. Realize what kind of holiness fills every particle of your being. Realize what kind of potential you have to, to completely and radically change the world, each and every one of you. And you will. To come home. Hanukkah's ne'er ishu beisai. Everything's about the bias. It's about moving in. It's about Yiddishkeit being my place of comfort, that there's nowhere I'd rather be than in front of a Gemara. And there's nowhere I'd rather be than in front of Shnai Mikra Echad Targum, or one Rashi, and it, it's so sweet, it's so delicious, it's so, it's so real. It's so much more real than every other facet of my existence. It's so there. This is maybe why the way that we light them in our Mahadram and Mahadram, which we'll speak about in a minute, we're constantly adding another one. But it doesn't just mean that as the nights of Hanukkah go on, so the candle shifts. The first night, it's all the way to the right. And then the next night, we light it a little bit closer to the left and left and left, and it proceeds, it moves. But we're always going back to the first and it means to say that seven is the aspect of this worldliness. Everything in this world is seven. Seven oceans, seven continents, seven classical planets, seven classical metals, seven musical notes, seven colors of the rainbow, seven days of the week. Everything is seven. And the Indian of one is by Yemahu Yashem Echad Ishmay Echad. This otherworldly 
beauty and deliciousness, an ideal that we can taste, that we can touch. That's our home base. That's Yiddishkeit. Beyond nature, beyond what this world thinks is real, what the Greek convinces us is the real reality. We keep on going back to one. Keep on going back home. Keep on going. Every night we're wandering out a little bit. If you're rooted in the house of God, that this is my house, then you can wander a little bit and we'll wander. And life has so many different facets and it's lived on so many different levels. That's But only because because we know where home is. And we're always, always walking home. Rabbi Nachman Breslover said, wherever I walk, I'm walking to Eretz Yisrael. Wherever I walk, I'm going home. Wherever I walk, I'm going home. And I don't lose sight of where home is for a moment. And when we do that, when we live in Yiddishkeit as a home, an amazing thing happens. Yiddishkeit becomes beautiful. It becomes lichtig, it becomes filled with light. It becomes attractive to us. It's not a struggle, it's not a fight, on the contrary. We have to battle ourselves. So I'm sure some of you, certainly the second year guys, have this experience. Late at night, one o'clock in the morning, you have to force yourself out of the base medrash and into bed because you know you have to wake up for shachas the next morning, but it's a, it's a battle. It's a battle, because there's nothing sweeter. There's nothing more real. There's no intimacy that's more delightful than that of our binding our minds with the Kaddish Baruch Hu's will, soul, and source. Yiddishkeit becomes it's the Indian of Mahadrim and Mahadrim when it's in the bias. Because you know what else you can't do in a hotel that you can do in a home? You can make it a, a home you can make yours. A hotel you can't make yours. You're only there for a couple of nights. You can't start redecorating. You can't start repainting. You can't start hanging your own pictures on the wall because you're out of there next week and somebody else is moving in. <coughs> but if Yiddishkeit is your home, then your home reflects the unique nature of your family. Never have this experience. I'm sure you stay in different places for Shabbos. You go up to Tzvat. You don't know who the people are. You don't see them. They're gone before you came and they, and they come back after you leave. But you can get a sense for this family just by, just by the walls of the house, just by looking around. You can see what kind of svarim they have on their shelves, a bad habit of mine. You can, see, you can see what kind of pictures they have on their wall. You can just get a sense, you can get a feel. Because a house you make yours, a house you move into fully, a house you express your individuality within. So if Yiddishkeit is on a hotel level, then everything looks the same. Every person, Shemana Esri, looks the same. Every person's Hanachas Tefillin looks the same. Every person's Seder Halimur looks the same. But if your Yiddishkeit is not something that you're doing on a societal level, you make it yours. You must make it yours. That's the Hidr. That's the Mahadrim and a Mahadrim. And that's the Indian Chevra of Mahadrim and a Mahadrim being Ner Lechol Echad V'Echad. The Indian of Hanukkah's Ner Lechol Echad V'Echad. Every person has his menorah. Every person has his candle. Chanukah is milashen chinuch. Chanuch lenar al pi darko. Because when we're connected to home base, we can make Yiddishkeit our own. So I bless us to feel this, this Chanukah. Let this be the shift. And let us ask ourselves this question always. Really, in a moment of, of, of honesty and authenticity, look ourselves in the mirror and ask yourself this question. 
house or hotel? What is my Yiddishkeit? And then move in. And then feel that unique experience of comfort that's unique to pulling into your own driveway you know, after a long, long journey. It's not the same like when you pull into the parking space in the hotel parking lot, right? You're home. You're home. So I bless us that we should, we should mamish come home and we should feel comfortable redecorating. One of the things I adore about this yeshiva among so many other things and why I love teaching here is because of the possibility for you to really build your own schedule, to build your own Yiddishkeit. It's something so beautiful. Because this is how it's got to be. If everyone's got to do the same thing, there's something very hotel about that. Every single holiday inn looks exactly the same. You know, they're built the same, and the rooms look the same, and the layout is the same. Rabbi Shlomo Kabach used to say, you can blindfold me, put me in a hotel, and I'll tell you what hotel it is. <laughs> he lived his whole life in hotels. He can tell you which one's the Sheridan, which one's the Hilton. But a yeshiva where you can make Yiddishkeit your own, take advantage. Take advantage, you chose electives, come to them. And if it's not working out for you, especially if you're in my class, you know this, there's no chiv, you find another place that works for you, that's, that's not the point. And if you're out in another place, maybe you wanna switch, I'm always invited. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm, I'm scared, yeah, I'm kidding, you have to ask Rabbi for that. But, but, but beyond that, Beyond that, make it your own, move into it, find your own style, find your own Shoresh Neshama, be you. Because there's nothing more real than your engagement with Abba Hashem, be you. Bring all of you into that. And bless us, we should come home. We should mamish, mamish, come home. This might be new to you. Join me, Chavra. We could sing this forever and ever and ever. Start very slow. The
boy rather